Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex, access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content, so if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on your headphones. Today, the letter is J, and J is for jilling off, otherwise known as masturbation. Today's discussion is about self-pleasure. Masturbation is something that most people do and many people are unjustly ashamed of. Joining me today to talk about this juicy subject is Dr. Martha Tara Lee. She is founder and clinical sexologist of Eros Coaching. She's a certified sexologist with ACS, which is the American College of Sexologists, as well as a certified sexuality educator with the AASCT, which is the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Martha holds a doctorate in human sexuality, as well as certificates in sex therapy, practical counseling, and life coaching. She was recognized as one of the top 50 inspiring women under 40 by Her World Singapore in July 2010 and top 100 inspiring women by Cozy Cot Singapore in March 2011. Welcome to the show, Martha. Thank you. So let's start with, with some parameters. What do you see as falling under the term masturbation? Um, to me, masturbation is when you pleasure yourself, uh, namely, usually, especially uh, including your genitals mm-hmm. for the purpose of stimulating yourself so that you get an erotic charge, may or may not include an orgasm. Okay. So I've been thinking a lot about this topic because um, there still, as you say, is so much shame attached to this. Um, I'm not sure about where you are, but where even, but even in the UK, I mean, people still don't talk about it much. They don't admit to it that much. Um, but the current statistics are pretty much like 90% of people masturbate. Mm. 90%. Wow. Um, I assume um, most people masturbate, maybe maybe more than that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, think, admit it. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's, I mean, I think it's like getting people to admit on a survey that they masturbate is not very easy. Mm. Um, so what do you think needs to be done about the shame involved? I, I feel that uh, being able to talk about it really helps to demystify it 
and to lift a lot of the shame around it. What comes with the shame, I think, has to do with the lack of education, mm -hmm. the lack of talking about it, and the fact that um, masturbation is something that usually we do, uh, I call it privately, quickly, secretly. And so the very act that is, um, the fact that it's a, something that we do in private actually creates this layer of questioning, am I doing it correctly? Uh, should I be doing it? Maybe I shouldn't be. And uh, so I think that's, that's where the shame comes in. Mm. I mean, I think one of the things that um, I found so interesting the last number of years in working with women who have trouble with orgasm is trying to take them back to the idea that actually this isn't something you should be doing quickly in secret. You know, this is something mm. you should be taking your time about so that you actually learn your body so that you can tell your partner what works. Mm. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of my work is basically permission giving and this demystifying it. So um, in the US, they, they have a masturbation month every May. And for a few years now, I have been doing a monthly masturbation month campaign. I have uh, free content on my website. And um, I feel it's really important to talk about it so that people feel, first of all, uh, letting go of the shame and then having ideas around how they can take more time and what are some of the different ways in which they can self-pleasure. So I also use self-pleasure for 30 minutes for 30 days. And all right. it's a whole lot of time for people who are used to just doing it for five minutes. Yes. Yeah. So I guess taking more time really helps us to yeah, it helps us to go uh, deeper with ourselves and deeper with our bodies and feel different kinds of sensations that we're not used to feeling. And that also helps with uh, letting go of the shame. Yeah, I mean, I think I love that idea. 30 minutes is not something that most people do regularly with masturbation. Um and I, and I, you know, and if you think about it, that would give you the time to actually really explore. I did a, a panel recently in Amsterdam. It was a conference called Uprise, and we did a panel on sex and technology. So we spent a lot of time talking about sex toys and the use of sex toys in, in, with other people. Um, but... I often think that that's a, an area that really can help with deepening masturbation is the idea of exploring with toys. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel uh, toys um, helps us to have different kinds of sensations. Mm. And sometimes people uh, need sex toys to push them over the edge more easily, especially those who are learning about uh, masturbation. And... Um, there are really so many different types of toys on the market now. It's so different from when I was growing up. Not all of them are big, giant, phallic-looking objects. Yeah. And um, a lot of them come in beautiful shapes, sizes, colors, materials. And um, that's really something for everybody. And if only people just look, there's really so many um, toys out there that are also so body safe, 
um, um, even like in one tour, you can have different like pulsations and different kinds of volume control. So um, they even have partnered um, toys. So it's, it's, it's very interesting now, the world of sex <laughs> for me at least. It is for me too. I mean, I think I was talking, we were talking about what were the toys like when we were growing up and I remember the vibrators, the first vibrator I saw was one of those, you know, it was phallic, but it sort of, but it was white and it was really hard plastic. And it, it really put me off anything like that. It was, it was awful. Um, and now you get things that are um, silicone and, and soft and smooth and, or you can go for kind of stainless steel and, and try something completely different. Um, and one of the guys at the conference was saying that, that they're very close to doing things that actually heat up rather than um, that are, that are like silicon. So they're like skin and they heat up, which I'm really looking forward to. Cause I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yesterday I had a client who said that she, she wouldn't use uh, sex toys because they feel so hard and she's a very sensitive person. And she needs to know that there are toys that are much softer and uh, very much like the skin even if she just uh, looks and she need, she needed to know it was available. And then she had the confidence like, oh, okay, I, I can, I should really re revisit this. So what do you think in terms of masturbation um, with a partner? Mm-hmm. Yes, we can uh, definitely masturbate with a partner as well. Uh, there's this term called masturbation witnessing in which you masturbate uh, where one person is watching. And uh, it's not really for the purpose of titillating your partner. It's, it's pop, I mean, we can masturbate in whatever way we want. However, for me, in my understanding of masturbation witnessing is when your partner is holding space and um and watching and and basically sending you love vibes so that you you let go of some of that shame around masturbation because it's always something that we do privately uh, quickly secretly and by having your partner watch um it also lets your partner learn about uh, what are the kinds of touch that you like mm -hmm. how you tend to touch yourself and um they they can have pretty good clues of um, how they can pleasure you better uh, in a way that you prefer in future. So in, in my world, there's uh, masturbation witnessing, and then there's also um, mutual masturbation. That's when you uh, play with each other. And uh, I, I then I, I call this also another one is a one-way masturbation where you um, pleasure your partner and your partner doesn't pleasure you back. But whatever the term, um, it needs to be a, an activity that you feel comfortable with doing and mm -hmm. both, of, both of you have consent. And I feel a lot of people are quite um, serious about um, anything to do with sex. And we get, we get caught up with what are other people doing and is what, I, what I'm doing normal. And I think we need to let go of that and just see all sex as play, including pleasuring ourselves and um, this is our our right to ourselves. Our body is our sovereign right. And by touching ourselves, playing ourselves, what we are also doing besides all the benefits of orgasm is we are also 
uh, calming down our nervous system for ourselves. And this is our gateway to pleasure, our gateway to partnered activity. And it's just something we can give to ourselves in such a way that uh, we really truly start to learn how to love ourselves. I, I first learned this term called prolonged masturbation from my teacher, Laurie Handlers. And uh, she said that if we actually masturbate, uh, not just for like half an hour, because I was teaching half an hour, not just for half an hour, but much more than half an hour, you're going to learn how to love yourself in a way that you, you never learned how to love yourself before. And for many years, many people told me, of course, I, I hear this and we all hear this, you need to learn how to love yourself before you can love another person. Um, the And in my, in my world of sex, uh, you know, if you can masturbate to orgasm by yourself, you're more likely to have an orgasm with a partner. Hmm. So I know all these benefits of self-love and uh, love and, and all these things. But then when I tried her technique of prolonged masturbation, I set a sex date by, uh, with myself and I essentially masturbated from morning to night. And it was easily about 12 hours. And of course, I was doing it very, very slowly, very gently, extremely gently. Mm. I had a small little vibrator that I use that I uh, placed in my vagina and also around my genitals and used it to massage my whole body and played with my um, my breasts. I, I did that for hours and hours and hours. And I, I gave myself permission to be really gentle with myself and to imagine love cascading from the top of my feet or uh, head all the way down to the bottom of my feet. I did that for hours. And um, then I got this uh, big epiphany that day, uh, and, and this might be different for other people. The epiphany that I got that day when I pleasured myself for hours was that um, I have this uh, tendency from when I was young to look for gratification and pleasure um, externally. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I when I was in kindergarten and I had my first crush, I felt all these tingling feelings around my body of of wanting, wanting love and feeling love in my body. And it was external. It was something that was outside of me and I had no control over whether they liked me. Mm -hmm. And I, I think um, that started a pattern of feeling incomplete when I didn't have love, when I didn't receive love. And yet that day when I was pleasuring myself for hours, I realized this was something that was much more beautiful in the sense that it was internal. Mm -hmm. It was something that was feeding something inside rather than seeking from outside. And that changed uh, my, my, my awareness and realization that I probably am um, addicted in, in, in the loose sense of the word, uh, addicted to love and feeling incomplete without it. And that was when I really understood um, how we need to love ourselves before we can love another person. And when I, when I was cascading love from my, the top of my head to the bottom of my feet for hours, um, something within me changed permanently that felt like I didn't need that external love so much anymore. And I was able to give to myself and um, so now I start teaching um, the importance of uh, prolonged masturbation. 
That sounds wonderful. I mean, it, it sounds like that's, a, that's like, it, it gives you, I like you use the word epiphany because it sounds like it, it just, it really shifted something and gives you that space. What I like so much about it is, is that so many people have trouble soothing themselves, not just loving themselves, just even soothing themselves, even knowing that they can comfort themselves inside without needing another person to do it. And to actually be able to learn that you can not only do that, but give yourself love and, and feel enough. Yes. Without looking for it. I think we... Wonderful. Yes, precisely. I, I feel we get it. Like we hear people, we are enough, you are enough, you are precious, you need to love yourself. We hear all that until we really get it in our body. It is in our body. Once we get it, we really get it. And... I felt the way for me after all these years was my prolonged uh, sex date with myself. I think it's important to do it regularly because as we do it regularly, all these different layers will start to un unfold. And this becomes when you truly love yourself, the kind of partners that you attract also start to change. And after all these years of um, not being able to find love, um, and and for myself, having been divorced twice, uh, finally this year uh, found the, the 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 person that I want to be with for the rest of my life. And this person is so different from anybody I've ever dated. First of all, he's extrovert, <laughs> and he he's he has such positive energy. And I think that would not have happened if I hadn't done all this work on myself and something in me fundamentally shifted over the years and i i really saw myself as this precious person who was worthy of love who needed to have my own identity and my own voice and it hasn't been easy for me as an asian as well being a sexologist uh, being discriminated and also getting harassed and uh, needing to hold space and be really strong um, lots of people say, why don't you change your job title? You might find clients easier. So even stating the fact that I'm a sexologist and holding space, I felt was very important for my community. And so I've been doing this for seven years. And I never thought when I started my practice, I would spend so much time talking about masturbation. And it's it's become something that I'm so passionate about talking because nobody else is doing it. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is talking about sex in pleasurable ways. And um, so masturbation is, I felt, the first gateway that I needed to tackle. So running Masturbation Month every year and uh, talk a book on orgasmic yoga, which, of course, nobody wanted to publish, <laughs> things like that. I mean, it's interesting to me that it's such, it's such, um, we do talk so much about healing in other ways. And we don't talk about what things like masturbation can do for you in terms of healing. That's sort of, it, it's, it's a topic that we put to the side. And um, it's, you know, when people talk about it for healing, usually when I hear it, it's about um, women who just have trouble with orgasm. You know, it, it doesn't take in the emotional change. It doesn't take in the aspect of self-love. It just takes in the physiology. Um, and I just think that's, that's to do with shame. You know, that's, again, that's something that it's not, it's not, don't people don't feel it's appropriate to look at. 
Um, and I don't, it's interesting because I thought it would be different in different cultures. Like, it, you know, you would think that there would be a Western culture where it was easier, but so far I haven't run into one. Mm, yeah. No, I, I, I feel, I feel, you know, regardless of, of where someone comes from, from the world, whether it's the US or UK or Singapore or China, um, there will always be people who don't receive that kind of information and education and uh, come out with their own ideas of what it is. And until they they give themselves permission to seek out information or get support, uh, they might carry whatever it is that they carry until they have the opportunity to start to reframe. So here we are talking about uh, masturbation. We're talking about different ways you can masturbate and also the idea of a prolonged sex date with yourself and uh, the healing aspects that are possible with masturbation. And then there's also a sex magic that is possible in masturbation. So as we are at the point of orgasm or even just before we have an orgasm, um, uh, so, sorry, I mean uh, before we start the, the, the practice, we can set an intention to send the energy uh, somewhere. So it's, it's said that our sexual energy is our most powerful energy that is in us, that is in our bodies. It's a renewable, sustainable energy that we generate. And so if we believe in the power of prayer, or we send uh, well wishes and good thoughts to our friends and family, why not, as we are having an orgasm, to set the intention for this energy to go somewhere. And so that's basically sex magic. And people, people are afraid to do it. People are not sure what to do. Um, however, it's really simple. Set an intention before you self-pleasure. And uh, so you can do it before you self-pleasure. You can do it during as you're having an orgasm and you can also do it after. So sometimes I forget to set an intention and then after I have already uh, come, then I just say, oops, and by the way, all the energy that I generated just now send it to blah, yeah. blah. Uh, and I send it to world peace. I send it to uh, my clients, send it to my day, to this whatever project I'm working on. And of course, over the years, I've sent uh, sex magic many, many, many times to uh, manifesting a, a, a life partner. And I think what was holding me back in attracting my life partner was the doubt for many years that I can attract everything, everything that I wanted in a partner in one person. And once I declared it and truly believed it, um, my partner came very quickly. Yeah, I know it's wonderful stuff. Um, I, I started, I think, practicing like that with a partner, I was very young. It was one of my first sexual partners was really into sex magic. And so I started setting mm. intentions really, really, I mean, really young. Um, and the power of that. And I, you know, people, people don't realize that how much energy we carry there and that that is, it's so easily accessible compared to other types of energy. Um, Yes. I, I like your oops, though. I never thought to do oops. I forgot. <laughs> right afterwards. Oops, could you please send that energy somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
happens to me all the time, all the time. So people think that they can get it wrong, like, oh, sex magic, oh, really serious, like, they need to must burn candles or something. I think it's just a gateway to help us to better access relaxation, the right state of mind, because we're creating rituals and we shouldn't get caught up with them. We should trust in the power of intention. Mm. And it can be it can be after too, you know. So that's what I do. And my uh, I was uh, I was taught that we can also uh, as we we have our orgasm, we can also set the intention to connect with all orgasms that ever is and was. And uh, so we basically just send that, I don't know, that energy, the spiral of energy, connect with those um, like starship, you know, like mothership of all energies and um, trust that this is our gateway to a bigger force that we may not even be able to comprehend, comprehend and uh, then um, use that collective energy to tap into our desires as well. So many, many ways we can do it and we, we can be creative around it. My only request is, uh, is always for the higher good of yourself mm -hmm. and for all people concerned that in spite of all the things that we want, something sometimes there's this thing called divine timing and divine will and what we want is is maybe something sometimes not the best thing for us and we need to be open to surrendering to the possibility of maybe something even better coming our way and so that needs to be like a clause that we we set to uh, protect ourselves and all people concerned so like for instance you know like i have a mother who has stage four breast cancer for like um 20 years and she's gone through five six rounds of chemo and lots of people tell me oh you need to just trust you need to pray you need to eat this you need to do that you need to do this uh and for me i'm i'm a healer i'm a coach and of course, I believe in all these things. Um, what I can do, what I could do, I have done over the years. And and yet everybody seems to think that there is something that um, I am not doing. And that's why she's still not getting better. And so, so sometimes it's really important to um, not put that burden onto people who are caregivers, who are going through something. Do not give advice when um, we have not found out from them uh, whether they want advice, whether they have tried other things. Mm. And and anyway, so uh, sex magic is also something that I frequently send to my mother to um, help her in whatever way that is possible. And I mean, I think I think you raised an important point, which is that we don't always know what's right. We don't always know what's best. And if it, it, we all we can do is trust in those circumstances. And I, I can think of it at least a dozen times where I thought I had the right answer for myself. And lo and behold, I didn't. <laughs> and I found out later when when other things happened that actually all I needed to do was wait and that that was what I was supposed to be doing at that time was waiting. But most human beings aren't very good at waiting. 
Mm, yeah. <laughs> and and so I, I like what you said about trust because I see masturbation as a way to learn about trusting our bodies. Mm. If we know that when I do this, my body is going to do this. It's like learning how to drive a car. You need to know your car well. Yes. And knowing your car well is going to save your life in emergencies. And uh, when when people say, I don't feel like having sex, so I don't want to have sex. Uh, it's kind of like saying, I don't know how to turn myself on. Mm -hmm. You know your body, you will trust your body. And so I can go from zero to 10 very quickly but only because I trust my body. I've spent all this time learning about my body and learning how this car works. And then the trust comes. And I'm, I know that my body is going to be different every day. And I know that as I start to age, my body might start to feel different. However, I'm, I'm in constant dialogue with my body. And so I continue to have trust in my body. And so I'm not, I'm not, op I'm not opposed to... Uh, being open to the possibility of arousal or orgasm, even at the point of zero. But see, I like so when you say that. I'm not opposed to being open to the possibility because I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are, yeah. are completely closed to the possibility that they can have that and don't know their bodies at all. And, 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 and you know, the car analogy, I think, is apt. You really have to. You have to know your body to trust your body. And, and so many people hand their bodies over to other people and don't have any idea. It's like handing over, you just bought yourself a Jaguar. And you haven't even taken it out on the road yet. It's pristine. It's beautiful. It's the fastest car, you know. And instead of taking it, learning about it and taking it for a drive, you hand the keys to somebody else. Yeah. I, I certainly um, went through that phase. Because when I was so new to sex, I just thought, okay, my partner is older. My partner has had sex before. My partner will know everything that um, I need to learn about my body. And it's not true. And over the years, the time that I've invested into myself has really paid off because I feel people who masturbate, people who are confident with their bodies, they show up in the world in a different way. And I I find that these people are vibrant, they're sexy, they're juicy, they, they are uh, drawing people and good things into their lives, they're able to manifest. And I'm not surprised that a lot of people who are leaders and CEOs, when I get to speak with them, I realize actually because they are so comfortable with themselves and their bodies, that um, they are also able to hold that energy of um, bigger responsibility and power. And that's because they've invested in themselves. In order to be a leader and be successful in our lives, we need to do things that people who are successful are willing to do, that people who are not, are not willing to do. And it's easier to just not show up and it's easier to not put time into our bodies and uh, masturbate. And so I see people who are vibrant, yummy, juicy, successful as people who generally tend to also be comfortable with their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I, I wish more people knew um, that um, because I, you know, I, I work with lots of clients who um, cannot have sex, have vaginismus and um, are inhibited around their sexuality. I see how they show up energetically and how people who are comfortable with themselves show up. Uh, outside of my practice and I I talk with these people I realized that 
um, it's because they, they have the education, they have the information, they're more comfortable with their sexuality, they do masturbate. And the people who are the healthiest are the people who are comfortable with their sexuality. And so this is why I keep talking about masturbation and why uh, M for masturbation really is something that I uh, is very, very close to my heart. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's a message that needs to be out there. Um, I think it's information that young people need um, and that, and in fact, is not really included in the sex education that they get. When they do get sex education, you know, they're being taught about um, the opposite sex. They're being taught things to prevent disease and prevent pregnancy and stuff. They're not being taught what to do about pleasure or how to get to know themselves at all, um, which I think is horrible um, because I think that's partly yeah. responsible for a lot of the sexual trauma that happens is that it, they're not, you know, they're not being raised to understand that, that, that this is about pleasure too. And that's first and foremost, that the, you should know your body and be able to have pleasure with your body. They don't know that. Um, and so it's much easier to be taken advantage of. I think if you don't know what it is that, that you have and what you're carrying. Um, mm. but, um, yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I'd like to see happen. And I, I don't know how to introduce that. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I I have been masturbating since I was five, <laughs> and uh, I'm so glad that my when I asked my mom what it was, I actually demonstrated it to her how I was masturbating. I was like, "What is this? And is this normal?" And she, to her credit, actually normalized it. And so I I have been masturbating since I was five, and one of the things that really helped. Uh, while I was going through puberty and I was so ugly and unattractive with lots of acne, didn't have anyone attracted to me, and I was, uh, I am a late bloomer, it's like knowing that even if nobody wants me, I can have access to pleasure through touching myself and knowing that uh, during those years when I was single and I didn't have a partner, um, that instead of participating in sexual activity that doesn't serve me, I can um, give this thing to myself. And uh, some people escape uh, from life through masturbation and say, I don't want to get hurt. I don't need a, I don't need a man or I don't need a woman. And so I just, I just masturbate and it's quick, it's easy, it's fine. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. it's, it's a way of um, being able to take care of ourselves without feeling that we're incomplete and um, for rather than be dependent on somebody else for our pleasure and uh, giving the keys as you said uh, to somebody else so I, I i i get how masturbation is very different from when you're with someone when someone else is touching you it feels different and some people are kind of like drawn to the high they get when somebody touches them and they compare and they say, yeah, but you know, it's not the same. Of course it's not the same. Um, yet at the same time, it's about choice. It's about knowing that you have the choice and knowing that you can give this to yourself no matter what, and you can give this to yourself at any time. You just need to set a time and a date with yourself and appreciating the differences and being okay with the differences uh, is a big part of us being comfortable with our sexuality. So for young people who have sex young, 
and then they dependent on sex with someone yep. as opposed to saying well i know when i have sex by myself it's different and i'm okay with different yeah like we need to get to that point yeah i agree so where can people find you uh, you can go to my website, that's arrowscoaching.com, and you can have access to all the other channels that I'm on as well. Uh, you can subscribe to my newsletter, and I have a um, Masturbation Month campaign. So that's arrowscoaching.com backslash, backslash Masturbation Month. And in that uh, platform, I have 15 different resources that I've just created, uh, some new, some old, for Masturbation Month. Fantastic. I'm sure people will take advantage of that. Thanks for joining me this week for the A to Z of Sex. Write in with your questions to Dr. Lori Beth at A to Z of Sex.com. That's A T O Z or Z O F S E X.com. And visit both websites, A to Z of Sex.com and the intimacy coach.com to learn about alternative sexual choices, types of sexual relationships, and to learn to sizzle and create that ideal lasting intimate relationship. For a free 30 minute session with me, head over to a to z of sex.com and click on the button that says book now. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and please subscribe. Join me next week when the letter is K and K is for kinky. Thanks for listening folks. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.